1: John Wick meets Hard Candy. Stay with me on this. Becky was a 2020 thriller directed by Jonathan Malat and Carrie Murnian, starring Lulu Wilson as the titular character Becky, a 13-year-old girl who must defend her family against a group of escaped neo-Nazi convicts led by Kevin James's character. The film combines elements of home invasion and revenge genres with Becky using her John McClain resourcefulness and wits and psychopathy bloodlust of Dexter to fight back against the intruders. Becky received mixed reviews from critics, but gained attention for its unique premise and intense action sequences. But it lost itself in the fact that it came out in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, three years later, we pick up with the eponymous lead in The Wrath of Becky. Written and directed by some new folks, Susan Koot and Matt Angel. So the creative team did not return for this. Three years after escaping the violent attack on her family by the four neo-Nazis, Becky is now 16, on her own with her dog Diego, and living with a kind elderly woman named Elena. Becky just wants to be left alone. But, you know, in the meantime, she's perfecting her combat skills for the day she's allowed to unleash her bloodlust once again. And she's given that opportunity when three members of the Proud Boys MAGA movement, sorry, wait, I misread my notes there, three incels from a fictional American fascist organization of white men planning an insurrection known as the Noblemen give her a damn good reason to go full Becky once again to protect herself and and her loved ones. I'm T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by Neil. Hello. Loane. Hey, how's it going? And Chad. I'm here. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) so Wrath of Becky picks up three years later, and while I wasn't sure exactly how they would do a sequel, this is exactly what you do with a sequel to (laughs) Becky. Yep. uh, Where do we begin here? Did you guys know this first movie even existed? I knew it. I hadn't seen it yet. I
2: just saw it like, a couple days before i watched this one
1: i I as well just shotgun both of them back to back
2: yep that's what i did because i i remember missing it in 2020 Mm -hmm. because i don't know a thing happened and i just missed it uh so this was an excuse to be like okay now i can finally watch that and uh yeah i slammed them together too
3: i had not heard of it but then yeah we did a double becky header uh, (laughs) I, I, i think it's required it's, you need I think you need to watch both of them
2: I mean it's not hard uh, the first one's only an hour and a half the second one's just under an hour and a half
1: yeah 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 these are yeah. breezy watches if you like this genre you kind of know just from the description what you're in for mm-hmm. but I was very surprised just speaking of Becky's first I was very surprised about the technical acuum of the writer director team that that did the first one there's some awesome match cuts there's a really unique. Yeah sort of Edgar Wright-ish style where it's mm-hmm. not just lazy. I won't say lazy, standard shot reverse, cut here, establishing shots. Right. You know, it, it's not a lot of that. It's a lot more technical savvy than you'd expect from what is ultimately a pretty simple movie. Right. Right. I don't think that carried over into this second one as much it well it it just it had
2: a different team you could you could tell from the get go because it had uh Becky had a voiceover throughout the entire thing, mm-hmm. which wasn't present in the first movie, and not that those two can't exist in the same universe, but that out of all the things that could put me off on this, yeah, that was the whole thing like I felt like tonally
1: they didn't match little bit. It's it's a Die Hard, Die Hard 2 situation where yeah. it's like, well, just do what you did in the first one, but do more of it. Yeah, And mm-hmm. it, it did feel like that little bit of not as cohesive from one to the other, but not so wildly different that they don't make a great double feature.
2: It, it feels like it's a difference between Die Hard 1 and like an early Marvel movie. <laughs> like it, the second one definitely feels more like a superhero movie, especially by the end of it. Oh, yeah.
3: I'm going to use a different comparison because Fast and the Furious. No, because <laughs> TC's intro, he's mentioning, and I I picture Becky's rage as more of that of Rambo. It's bubbling mm, beneath the surface. Sure. And if you start it, she's going to finish it. So right. I see it as First Blood versus Rambo, too. <laughs>
2: they drew First Blood. Yeah. Where yeah, First yeah, that's, Blood that's fair. That's is,
3: good. it's down to earth, and it's just dude trying to survive in the forest, blah, blah, blah. Two, we go on the international scale, and we're going to go to <laughs> Afghanistan, and we're going to yeah. take on the the Russian Air Force and Army and crazy stuff. That shit. was
0: three. Was that two three? was oh, Vietnam.
3: Two, we go back to Vietnam. Right. Um, but still, we go pretty high-octane versus the first. Actually, mm-hmm.
0: that's a really good comparison, because of where three is probably going to go.
3: Oh, I have a wish list for three, which can't possibly happen, because <laughs> it needs a cast from a movie that already has occurred, but we're sticking yeah. with the neo-Nazi theme, I want her to collide with Patrick Stewart's Nazis from uh, Green Room. Green, oh, Green room. room,
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah, Rambo is a better comparison than it John is. Wick. Yeah I, yeah, I I didn't think of that because John Wick is such... I, I honestly feel like this probably came into existence pitching it as, what about a little girl John Wick? Right. It <laughs> feels like a pitch room meeting kind of... Because I didn't feel in the first one she's really a powder keg.
3: She is... Like, the whole reason to go out there, she's upset. Lost mom, maybe getting a new mom, right. and they they like the match. The second one, you yeah. get this sense from the start, she's looking for a fight.
0: Oh, yeah. She's oh, so she's prepared. prepared.
3: Now she's more bloodlusty. I think it too, she's more like, that guy littered on my street corner. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, <laughs> or the first one, she's just this really angry, grief-stricken kid, and the neo-Nazis walked in front of her and did the wrong thing at the wrong time.
2: I feel like the third one has to be like uh, uh, what are the old Charles Bronson movies or like Hobo oh, with a death, death, <laughs> <wish. Yeah, laughs> death Wish. Like she's gonna like settle down and be in a neighborhood and like you know maybe she has a husband and then that husband will get killed and now she's like going through the personal. neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. With the ending they give it, they could drop her about anywhere.
2: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. That's more why I went to the John Wick comparison because the escalation between one. And then two, and then three, and four. Yeah. There's like a sharp, and, and but your Rambo comparison is really is really apt as well. The first one, she's dealing with actual tattoo-stricken neo Nazis who have escaped prison. Uh, tip my hat to Kevin James for playing such a serious role. But this time, the, it, it I, I mocked it in the opening. This is the Proud Boys. they' she's oh, going yeah-hmm. up against these incel white supremacist pieces of shit. But they're like. They're wannabes. They're not. I'm not saying like you should be a better Nazi, but it's that like that American polo shirt and khakis. Well,
3: at least the three that start the shit are wannabes. Yeah, we meet a true believer just on the other side of them, Mm
2: -hmm. who's a little more of a threat. It calls back to the Proud Boys. It also call they they even say insurrection. Yes, a couple times. Like it's it's (laughs) definitely telling you who the bad guy is. Yeah,
0: these these are absolutely militia guys. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no question. Their target looks a lot like a popular uh, person for
1: a certain side to hate. Hey, oh, I see what you said there. Yeah, yeah, does sort of resemble a specific politician.
0: Yeah, no, it's the reason I mentioned the Fast and the Furious at one point was, I mean, there's been no end of discussion about them. The first one starts off not exactly grounded, but like sort of trying for it. And then it begins mm-hmm. to spiral kind of out of control. And I did the same thing that I do with those movies, which is every time I think, oh, come on, then I'm like, oh, wait, this is a Becky movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, she's wearing a red jumpsuit and somehow still stealthy. You know what? Fine. Yeah. They let her take her dog with her from, from, from foster home to foster home. Nah, probably not, but we need the dog later, so let's just move with it.
2: But that's what felt comic booky about it. Like it literally Mm -hmm. felt Mm -hmm. like I was reading
1: like a mini series. The the intro is literally a comic. It is a bit of a hyper reality, but Lula Wilson does a really quality job here of Oh yeah. She's believable. She's not doing backflips. She's not that's a key word. Doing gun kata here. These
3: two hinge and work it all because she's believable in what she does Mm -hmm. and how she acts.
2: I loved it every time she like set up like a thing to get coax one of the guys out. Yeah she would just like do a dead sprint, drop her backpack and then just start running <laughs> like Forrest Gump.
1: She's like the freaking Terminator. Like she is uh, the, the cardio that Lula Wilson has done in these movies is, is yeah. damn impressive. And she upped her game in this, in terms of her physicality, uh, but yeah, it stays grounded. She doesn't feel unbelievable. She doesn't have a Hollywood look to her per se. No, no. that's a normal 16 year old girl. well, that's a Becky. <laughs> Sean William Scott plays the basically the head of the the nobleman in this the the main the true believer if you will and I haven't seen him in a while Uh uh-huh he's on welcome to Flatch, and he's playing a completely
3: different character than he's ever played he's the straight man for all the jokes the local pastor for the small town that this documentary is being made about who used to be in a youth Christian band and stuff but That's where I've seen him. And then he goes 180 in this role, which is just cold, cool, calculating. He's a believer, but he also knows that there's a higher mechanism to all this, too. He -hmm.
2: was the anti-Stifler, if Stifler was a white (laughs) supremacist. I really enjoyed his character and how subdued and silent he was. Like, he was a threat. And I also love Kevin James' performance in the previous one. They're, They're vastly different.
0: Right. But, with that in mind, so for the third one, what comic actor are we going (laughs) to have draw a beard and be a villain in this
1: one? Which beloved goofball?
2: Let's save that for the end. Everybody save it. We'll we'll save that for the end.
3: Yeah, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. one. Little known, I looked up what there is out there in this movie. Simon Pegg was originally slated to be the (gasps) head neo-Nazi in the first one. And then, scheduling conflicts, he had to back out. Now it doesn't oh. draw the line to how they got to Kevin James from there, he was but I think Simon Pegg would have crushed that. Of and the thing with I liked about we're talking about Becky just as much as the Wrath of Becky, but yeah. in both of them the leaders are the key of it because Kevin James is more that trying to be that persuader, like he's got that main dude apex, which I love right. how that character played out. But you don't he doesn't yell, he doesn't go over the top. That's for the minions to do. They're to be they're the Gosh. ridiculous ones. And they mm-hmm. get, like, the ridiculous takeouts. And <laughs> in this one, it's the same way. Even at the end, I love, maybe, tiny spoiler, but he's just, like, well done. Like, he gives yeah. props to yeah. his opponent at one point. You know,
0: you brought Peg up, and that would be perfect for the third one, given how it reaches its end. That, that she has a new job, as it were. That would, that would enable her to encounter somebody who's more international.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> true, true. She's a, more, she's a more focused missile by the end of, of where, yeah. where we get from here to there. Uh, I, I do like the the tightness of both these movies, as pointed out. Mm-hmm. They're just about a, an hour and a half. They're a swift watch. And, yeah, we're talking about both these movies because I don't think a lot of people even have ever even heard of Becky. So Wrath of Becky coming out. It's in theaters. It got a theatrical release, at least in the major cities. It's worth watching this first one and watching yes. them together. Listen,
2: I really enjoy these movies. Yeah. Like you, you guys said earlier, you know at face value what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I, I love a good revenge story, especially it's different enough to make me want to come back for more. And it's familiar enough to be safe, to be like, okay... For all its flaws, and it does have some, like I really can overlook them because I can see what the creators are trying to do with this, and I would love to do something similar.
1: Oh, sure, sure. If, if revenge thrillers are your thing, particularly ones that have a tongue-in-cheek firmly placed, mm-hmm. both these movies are a hell of a lot of fun. And, and yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. Watch these both back-to-back as closely mm-hmm. as possible if you can. I do think Becky is the better film on a technical level, but yes. yeah, Wrath of Becky continues the character and the world really nicely. And and the kills aren't as unique in this one as the previous entry, but there's still a bloody like ah like you're gonna you're gonna react out loud to parts of this movie if you're if you're along for the ride. I am curious why the writers and directors didn't come back from part one, because I, I missed that that little extra flair. That's mm-hmm. in the technical quality of the first one. It's not not that this one is bad. It's just a little less, just slightly less inspired.
0: They look different. Yeah. 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 You notice it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and Lulu Wilson is truly owning this role. Give me more of her as best. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll, I'll take 10 of these movies, okay? I mean, yes. I think this has everything it needs to be to be a cult movie, a cult mm-hmm. iconic film, a cult character. Becky X. <laughs> Becky <X>. Give <laughs> get, get me cosplays of this character. Like she's got a cool look to her with the jumpsuit and the hat. Like, oh, I see you're you're Becky. I'm Ratha Becky. See it because I'm wearing the red jumpsuit. Yeah. Even you know where this goes. There's there's a couple of what could be culty iconic looks. And oh my
0: God! The hat's the headband from yeah. Rambo. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. She puts it on and everybody's getting their ass kicked. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I had some fun with this. I'm just going to get to my my final rating here. I, like I said, there's some great audible reaction moments in watching this. I say this often with movies that that hit a specific note in me. I would have loved to have seen this in theaters with a crowd that's mm-hmm. along for the ride because yeah. those like oh moments with like a whole group of people cheering for it that that's a lot of fun to be had. So yeah, this this is a good time. Um, I, I'll take a third, please. Thank you very much. Okay. Um. I'm going to give Becky, just to rate it since we're talking about both, I'm going to give that one an eight out of ten. I'm going to get this one a seven and a half out of ten bear traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, why don't you go?
2: At one point, she's showing mercy to a guy that's like, i got a family. Oh, yeah. And immediately he reacts like, shit, I'm fucked. Uh, I'm dead. And she fucking murders him. It's <laughs> like you can say literally any other said
1: anything. We call him Addie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And that's the type of humor you're going to get with this. If uh, you're queasy about watching uh, white supremacists get killed, well, I'm sorry, your your brothers in arms are pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, and I'm going to, not to copy UTC, but I was thinking eight for Becky and then seven and a half for Becky too. Right. Seven and a half out of ten different Diego's because there was this Diego was different than the last Diego. And I was kind sure. of upset about this. This Diego was a little bit stockier, mm-hmm. but this Diego got hit with a bat and it got beat like this poor dog. That f- yeah, poor uh, dog.
1: trigger warning for animal cruelty in this. They they do that oh, yeah. attack in either of those movies to what happens to those poor dogs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Neil. I also teed this up by watching Sisu the day before. Oh my god. So you, if had you had a really want like, weekend. Oh yeah. <laughs> revenge and ad lib kills. It was revenge weekend entirely nice i loved both of these i i agree the first one is tighter and it's it's new they didn't really take becky to that much of a different place they didn't have to they don't owe us that but that first mm-hmm. one that first when she snaps and sees red figuratively is fucking great and the weapons at, at hand are really inventive too um, I think the <laughs> the neo-Nazis in the first one are a little more interesting than the neo-Nazis in the second, which is a strange thing to say, but, <laughs> right. um, I, I give Becky an eight and a half and wrath of Becky an eight of red jumpsuits.
0: <laughs> Luane, Luane. Man, this is, this is fun. These are great. I can't wait for the next one or two or three or however many we got, because there's no shortage of evil assholes for her to kill. So that's cool. In the end, I talked about how great they were. I... They're great. I love them. They're fun. If you have the opportunity to watch Becky before you watch Wrath of, please do. And when the third one comes out, I'm going to watch all three of them again. So whatever. In the end, I'm going to give this, well, like you guys, I'm going to give four out of five for Becky. 3.75 out of five for Wrath of Becky. MacGuffin Keys. (laughs)
3: Keys. I do want the third one somehow to cross paths with Patrick Stewart's. Nazis from Green Room, but if we're sticking with what comedian, I want Diedrich Bader to be the leader oh. of the next of the third pack. <laughs> good,
1: good you win. Pick. Good pick. <laughs> uh, Jack Black for me. Oh my Ooh. god. Well, you win. Oh man. that that's, yeah. Okay, okay. Diedrich Bader, Jack Black. That would be quite the turn. Luane, you got someone?
0: No, man. I don't know
1: that I could
3: beat either of
0: Has those. Has Jack like Black I, ever
1: what? played a heavy? He's had to have. He
3: was the heavy in The oh. NeverEnding Story 3. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'm not counting Super Mario Brothers. He's the arms manufacturer in the Jackal, but not really the yep. bad guy.
2: Exactly. Right.
3: He kind of gets a Becky-esque death in the Jackal. <laughs> I'll do, I'll,
0: yeah. I think Jack Black would be the better choice there.
3: Yeah, because I think we're expecting off the
1: wall, but Black's got to play it cool and calm like James mm-hmm. and... William yep. Scott did. Yeah, Well, I'll go a completely different direction. I'd throw David Hyde Pierce out there as the Ooh.
0: yeah.
1: So, like, because Kevin James and Sean William Scott are aren't a listers. Like, no offense to Jack Black, Ch- Chad. It's an excellent choice, and I'd love to see him play something. So, no, but that he's too expensive. Yeah. So, David Hyde Pierce is one of those unsuspecting. Like, oh, uh, and he's played different types over his career. So that's sure. my pick. <laughs> anyway, let's get Diedrich Bader and. David Hyde Pierce on the phone and let them work it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)